Welcome to Pushing Through. It is another day in the city of Los Angeles. I am Tate Frazier, and I am joined as always by the kid, also known as BJ Armstrong. But we also have an NBA insider sitting across from us, and that, of course, is Chris B. Haynes. Put the respect on the B there. Put How you doing, big Chris? respect. I want to put a, a big respect because this is my man. I'm excited about today because we got an NBA insider. Uh-huh. And we looking for some inside stuff. But before we get to that, Chris, we just want to see, how's your day in L.A.? It's cool, man. It's a nice, beautiful day. Nice, beautiful day. I love L.A. And we we walked into the office. You guys walked into the office. Uh And we we see that that there's a lot to talk about. BJ, you're here. You said you want to talk about some fire topics. Chris, you're laughing because you're like, what is going on, B? First of all, me and BJ have been talking for a while (laughs) about doing this. This has been years. This has been years. I don't know if it's been years. It's been years. It's been years. It's a bus, you know, whatever. (laughs) I told him, you get me here, I'm here. Let's go. It's highly anticipated, right? Everyone's been waiting to figure out what the big story is. And I think the biggest story in the NBA, outside of, of course, the the contenders and the Clippers and the Lakers, is Zion Williamson. Uh And he's a guy that you have uh, written about and you've talked about how Zion wants to defer, you know, deflect from taking all the praise. And he's done these little things like, what do you give his teammates, beats or something like that? So you you had that story. So let's talk a a little bit about Zion and what he's doing right now. He's a different cat. He's, um... From he, South Kakalak. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> represent him and on John Morant. Yes, right? right. Yes. Um, he has declined to do one-on-one interviews this mm-hmm. season. Uh, How come? He, he said, he, from what I was told, he said he just doesn't like talking about himself. Like he feels uncomfortable in that format. He's he much more rather have, you know, have somebody there with him, another teammate, kind of deflect from. But whenever people are asking him about you know, his individual performances, he goes back to, you know, my teammates helped me. Yes. My coaches set me up. And, you know, you really don't get that from a 19-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. this is a kid who has seemingly looks like he has – he's going to have a league in the palm of his hands. Barring injury, knock on wood, you know. And he just is not comfortable being in the limelight. And I was able to – you know, I found out, you know, some of the players told me, you know, you know what he gifted them in. And, you know, I was just getting a sense that he, he didn't want to really want to talk to me, you know, one-on-one. I said, Zion, I'm not, you know, giving this story to somebody else. I'm not going to ask you this in a scrum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just need you to answer one or two questions. And he went, you know, spoke with his, you know, talked with his agent and got back to me and it was okay. But I just wanted to get some insight on, you know, what it is that makes him him. And he was like – I think it goes from Duke, you know, similar, similar like that in that Duke yeah, structure. Yeah, keep things tight. Yeah, yeah, keep things tight. And um, I think over time he'll kind of expand and be more forthcoming, but the Pelicans and him, like, they're just trying to stay under the radar. And they're very he's very polished, right? I mean, he kind of yeah, has he, he yeah. coach speak almost right. at this point, which, you, like you said, you don't see that from a 19-year-old kid that much, especially a 19-year-old kid that's performing so well. We talk about on this play, you know, on the show that to become a star in today's NBA – you kind of grow from a role player to be a star, and we've seen that work. You know, yeah. Jordan was a role player. Kobe was a role player, and he grew into his role. And Zion, from day one, it seems like he's just coming in and be a star. So it's it's crazy to see him be so humble from the start. But an- another reason why I think he's he's kind of sheltering himself is because of all the scrutiny he's taking with his with the injuries mm-hmm. and uh, his weight. You know, people questioning. Yes. You know. Is he too big? Does he have to lose weight? Mm-hmm. Um, how how much weight is you know? <laughs> does he actually weigh? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I, I think he's trying to shield himself from that. And I understand. And being an insider, right, in this internet world that we live in, and BJ calls it the young world. <laughs> hey, young world. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. insider, yeah, yeah. My boy Mark Stein hit me up. <laughs> okay. Right now. Shout, out shout, out, shout out to Mark Stein. Shout out to Mark Stein. Got to get you I next. We, we hold on. Matter of fact, hold on, man. Hold on. Let's just see what's going on. Are we getting scooped right now? Hold is on. This what hold this on. Is? I got to at least tell him not, not to call and let him know who what, what I'm doing right now. Let's <laughs> just say I'm with B. Let me, let me see if this can make the. See if this, <laughs> we can hear this. Inside the insiders. Hey, Stein. Stein, hold on, Stein, hold on. Don't say too much. Don't incriminate yourself. I'm doing a live podcast right now with BJ Armstrong. I got you on air right now. Mark Stein, now we need it. We're looking for the inside stuff here on the podcast. This is a live call. This is a live call, Mark. And if you want in, if you want insight, why did you call me? I don't know anything. Oh man, come on, man! You you a vet in the game, man? Come on, Stein. Uh, I'm just an old man. Just oh, an old man. man, BJ. How are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? You doing all right? All good. Oh, good, good. Hey, man, I'm gonna hit you back, man. I'm, I'm give me give me thirty minutes. All right. All right, Stein. Be careful out there. I, I'll try, man. <laughs> No, but I, I think uh, <laughs> I think you know he was hit me a couple times, so let me call him. Right, going right, on. right. But no, I, I think um, with Zion, man, I think he's, you know, the thing with him. And that's why I'm curious to get your perspective on him right. as well. Is like he's unprecedented. Yes, his size and everything. Like most players, not not even players, most humans. <laughs> as we get older, mm-hmm. we get a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Whether that's from lifting weights mm-hmm. or whether that's from gradually gaining weight. Mm-hmm. That happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. So with him, whatever side way he you know he is right now, is is that going to happen to him? Can that happen to him, um, and still and still be effective, or does he have to slim down? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't know the answer to that. Well, you know when you look at when you look at him, when you look at long term, you gotta. That is a big man that's moving like that, moving the way he's moving. Right? I mean his. First step is a very explosive step. Mm-hmm. When you watch this man jump, his first jump is amazing, but his re- he can repeat his second and third jump yeah. is what's really catches your eye. Like he jumps, he's back off the floor before mm-hmm. you can even react. Yeah. So when you see a man this size moving his body like he's moving, you say, how long before something has to get? Because mm-hmm. he's moving you know, he's moving at a pace of a man that's much smaller than him. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, that's got to be 200 and what that's, let's be conservative, 70 pounds, 270 Well, let's not pounds. be conservative. Yeah. If we're not, yeah. then what is he at? If he's he's not at least 280. I mean, yeah. and, but he's moving that body. Yeah. Okay, and. It's like Lawrence Taylor playing basketball. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's he, he that's is. So when you see someone moving like that, you say, how long can he do this? How much pounding can the body take this isn't a 30 game this isn't doing it for 30 games you're talking about 82 plus mm-hmm. and the way that the game is played now i mean this is a, a fast-paced game yeah it's a very athletic game more possessions more yeah. possessions and you're just looking long term for him to figure out how to do this for as long as you can but more importantly i mean when you watch him and when when you watch him stop when you watch him jab mm-hmm. and when you watch him run, like yeah. someone has to control this body, right? Yeah. So I think from a just a technical standpoint, you got to say, 
hey man, you got to figure out how to control this. That's a lot moving around the way. I mean, he's doing things that really you going, man. That that that's we haven't seen an athlete this big, this athletic. I mean, the closest one I can think of is Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. but this isn't Charles Barkley. This is something. This is Zion, whatever that yeah. is. See it, and you know, I don't even know what to make of it, but I just. But he's definitely fun to watch play. Definitely, no, definitely. I mean, that was that was box office, like him mm-hmm. seeing him and LeBron. And the thing I was impressed. Look, I, I know he was strong. That was my first time seeing him live, mm-hmm. uh, the TNT game. I know he was strong. I've seen him rip the ball from you know everybody, right. you know. But he was manhandling Markeith Morris out there. <laughs> And there's a couple pe- players in the league that you don't mess with. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. Yes, and his yeah, twin yeah. brother. And yeah. his twin brother. <laughs> and he was manhandling Markeith Morris, getting hey. in position, dunking it, taking it straight at 80. He was taking it. That's the thing that was most impressive I, woo, last night. Like, like, he, boy, he had AD adjusting his shot. AD is every bit of seven feet. Mm-hmm. AD is athletic. He's long. A couple of times, AD, you could tell the respect that the veterans have for him because AD adjusted his shot. Mm-hmm. And offensively, he went right at AD, which that's impressive in and of itself Man. when you're talking about what he's been able to do and what he's been back, what, 10 games, 12 10 games? games? And B, there's no, there's really no plays being called for him right now. Right now, this is, this is just pure athleticism. Remember, he didn't even go to training camp. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just, he really is a unique, unique talent. Yeah, it's a, it seems like it's instinctual for Zion at this point where everything he's doing out there, he, he knows the game of basketball, he's executing yeah. it. But you mentioned only being able to play, let's see if he can play 82 games. Ja Morant is going to play a full season. He's expected to probably be the rookie of the year, but how can you really defy what Zion is doing right now? So that's really the conversation, right? Who will win rookie of the year between the, those two guys, the first and the second pick? But I guess most people would suspect it would be Ja Morant. Well, if um, so I spoke with I spoke with members of the, the Pelicans, and I spoke with Alvin Gentry. Mm-hmm. They believe that, they told me, that if Zion continues to put up these numbers, plays the remaining, the rest of the remaining games, mm-hmm. they believe he's the rookie he, of the year. He should be the rookie of the year. Now, let me add context to that. Yeah, put some context, <laughs> context on that. Put some context on that. Come now, on now. You can't just say that here. You might be able to say that look, on look, another channel. I'll, I'll say this. Put look, some context on this, Chris. If he were <laughs> – to finish out this season playing the rest of the remaining games on the schedule. Okay. He would total out at 37 games played this season. And I feel like that's disrespect. That, that would be disrespect to the process of winning rookie of the year. I will say this. They did add if he was able to lead them into that playoff berth. Yes. Yeah, to make a real run. To make a real run. Like a stretch run. Yeah, yeah. make a real run. But still, even, <laughs> even that. Yes. Say he averages finishes the season averaging twenty four, eight nine. Mm-hmm. They get that eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Thirty seven games. <laughs> what kind of shit is like? Well, seriously, <laughs> like thirty seven. Like yeah, that's 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 completely right. disrespectful to the, right. the all the, the guys who've been able to stay healthy, mm-hmm. been there playing the back to backs. Um, um, Jai's going to play 
70 something games, mm-hmm. you know, you know, barring right. injuries. So like that's it's disrespect to profession. I don't see that happening. I understand why they got to stand for their guy. Right. But uh that 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 that, that just wouldn't be right. Do you see a scenario in which because we talked about Zion doesn't want the acclaim, right? He kind of wants to push and defer. Do you see him knowing Job Arant to go way back? He's like he should win rookie of the year. You know, is that a PR move that could be made because that's the world we live in, in the NBA. It's all it's the spin of what you want to be put out there. He he's been asked asked about it a couple times and he just kind of just dismissed the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Zion. 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 He kind of dismissed the question. No, Which ja, is fair. Ja's going to tell you. He, he <laughs> I'm the rookie, rookie of the year. year. Yeah, Ja's <laughs> no, no, I just problem. saw Ja. I just saw Ja here this weekend, this past weekend. Uh-huh. That's must-see TV. Yeah, no, for sure. He, 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 that kid is a real deal. And not taking anything away from Zion. Zion has been, last 10 games, very impressive. But... But this kid, John uh, ja Morant, uh, all season, and no one, you and I included. Hold on, you may be, go, go ahead. You <laughs> and I included did not have them in the playoffs oh, no. this year. Okay, okay, I'll give you yeah, that. I'll fair. give you that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Now, how impressive has this kid been? Oh man, he's ja a stu- Look, so John ja Morant, I did his first NBA interview. He came on my pod, my podcast, posted up with Chris Haynes. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, plug the podcast. Let's plug the podcast. Yahoo Sports. Yeah, please check that out. It's so, a great podcast. Before before he was before he was drafted, he came did my and that's he did my pod. That's when I asked him. I said, "What well, what's your natural position?" He said, "Point guard," <laughs> and I said, "Oh, point guard." I said, "No, no." Point God. G O D. G O D. I was like, hold on. This kid ain't even touched. I like him even more. He, even, he hasn't even touched foot, you know, on the NBA court and he right. called himself a point guard. Yeah. You know what kind of target you putting right. on your back already? Right. But then he came to the league and he he's you know showing and prove. Like mm-hmm. I, I respect Ja so much. He has the talent. And he's he's I'm not saying he's been held back, but you know, when you come in as a rookie, sometimes you don't get the right. full reins. And he's he hasn't gotten that yet and he's still be able to put up solid numbers. So no, nah, he's gonna be a stud. And I don't I don't wanna take anything away from Ja. But what Zion is doing off of twelve games, no training camp, coming in mid season, when guys are all you know, they got a feel for the game already. He's coming right. in and doing what he's doing, like B. Like I, I, it's 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 amazing what he's doing. I, I think Zion's I think Zion like I said, he's unprecedented. I don't know what he can become, but it seems like his potential, his ceiling, he could be have a Mount Rushmore basketball ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't know. We haven't seen this before. Right, right, right. I mean, I who knows? <laughs> who knows? I can't, I can't say who he's going to be because we haven't seen an athlete like him talking about Zion. But I want to say this about Ja. I want to get back to this Jock <laughs> okay. here. Yeah, the point go guy. Ahead, go ahead. I want to get back to this point guard. Uh-huh. The most difficult position for a young player to come into this league is always that point guard nah, position. For, sure. for what this – I want to make sure that we give him his credit as well and his props from this standpoint. He's come into a league as a point guard. He's handled all of the responsibility of on the defensive end from – this league now is a mm-hmm. point guard league, right? Yeah. Damian Lillard's and Russell Westbrook's and and all of these great players that he has to play against every night. That kid has took on that challenge every single night. And he's led his team yeah. to play what we call like meaningful games mm-hmm. right now in Memphis where no one yeah. picked him. Okay. 
I want to make sure that we understand that that is the most difficult thing. The most difficult thing you will learn at the point guard position is when to pass and when to shoot. Mm -hmm. The kid has an understanding of the game that far exceeds his age and what he's been able to do. Team or Mike Conley who left. Yeah, yeah. there isn't someone who's taking the pressure off of Zion like we're doing with with J.J. Redick and the veterans that have You're been right. surrounded with him. This kid came in, they handed him the ball and said, figure it out, mm -hmm. sink or swim. And you and I have been around long enough to know the pressure, the demands of playing as a young player and to watch this young man take that ball willingly and play with the confidence. And now he has the other players around him confident. Nah, for sure. It rubs off, yeah. They're playing and going on the road thinking they can win games right now. And they're all under 25, and they're kind of just rallying together and saying what we're the young scrappy team. What he has done is so impressive because no one – they got a new rookie coach. Mm -hmm. They have young players all around them. Do you like because he's a point guard? Man, man. I, how many times <laughs> do we see that? He like the, he the said point guard. When, okay, here's, here's the question. When is the last point guard – Okay. That's come in this league and made the playoffs his rookie season. Let's just think about it off the top. Did Chicago make the playoffs rookie season? D Rose? That's the last one I can think of. Uh, Damian Lillard. They made the playoffs first year, I believe. Did they make the playoffs? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. I could be wrong. Okay. But Dame is built a lot like D Rose a little bit. But he came into a, a team that, you know, they had Wesley Matthews, mm -hmm. Nixon Platoon, Lamarcus Aldridge. So he came on a team. So I'm saying, when you come in like this, drafted where those guys are drafted, and make the playoffs as a point guard, no, how, it, it, how it, difficult is that? No, that's impressive. That's impressive. Man, and, I, I don't want to take that away because, look, what Zion is doing is phenomenal, but he doesn't have the responsibility of running a team managing a team and doing those things just yet. So Patrick Ewing was the the rookie. He he won rookie of the year eighty six. Mm -hmm. He won in the fewest amount of games, fifty. Okay. So if Zion Williamson, right, continues to put up these numbers, I'm asking both of you, continues to put up these numbers, plays the max thirty that he can play, thirty seven games, they get into the playoffs. Are you or can you give him the rookie of the year award? I don't think – I think it's a guarantee that he'll get it off the hype of Zion. I think the best thing that Zion has going for him is that people want to give – they want Zion to be the rookie of the year, to be that star. You know what I mean? So I think, like, the PR world of the NBA is, like, let's put Zion out there. And then Zion versus Ja, that's a great rivalry coming out of a draft. You know what I mean? You start building off that. I mean, if we're talking about storylines – Zion getting it's like Luca versus Trey, you know, it's this whole side, you know, right. who won the trade, and now we're gonna move on. Like who, like who is the best of these two guys? So I could see them just saying, "All right, Zion, you're number one. You've had this great run. It's historic. You're the rookie." Hell no, nah. <laughs> I can't see that. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I can't. See I that. hope not. I think I hope the, not for Josh's sake. Just I think on he's the principle it. of what we stand for in this game and the things we're saying. You have to. I mean, look. You got to play. It's, it's not his fault that he got hurt, yeah. right? He, I mean, in, he got in the hurt. year of load management, you got to play. You, you know got to play, I mean? and yeah. not just that. On a minuscule scale, look, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but <laughs> but we are going to make a big. No, deal. I ain't going to make a big deal, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna make it known here. You know, Ja have played in two games, and then was invited to the rookie. What is Speak it called? The Rising Stars yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two games. Mm -hmm. 
Is that right? Because we're we're basing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to see Zion Williamson play. I want to see him play mm-hmm. more than probably any of those guys out there. Yep. On the sophomore team, whatever it is, however the, the arrangement is. <laughs> but is that right for guys like you know that's been playing and having and producing for their teams, playing all season? You know, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't like it really. But I got it. I wasn't too hung up on it because, mm-hmm. you know, people want to see him play. Yes. And he put yeah. on the show. I get that. But now we're talking about rookie of the year. Come on now. 37 games. It's not even half. Come on now. We got to come on. You <laughs> yeah, can't, we do can't, the math. That's, we that's we can't do yeah, that. That's setting a bad precedent. We cannot yes. do that. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like you come in every single year and it's kind of like who's the fan favorite. Who Like that almost plays a role in the rookie. You don't want that to happen. Right. That, change, that takes away from basketball. Chris, I, you know, not to change the subject here, but I, I want to – look, you and I go way back. Uh-huh. And as a young kid, I had dreams of, and so many young kids around the world have dreams of playing in the NBA, playing professionally and doing those things. But you carved out a unique path for yourself Mm -hmm. in this business. And to our viewers and our young viewers are listening, tell us your take on how you got to the position where you're at because I've always respected the fact of this and this business about you is that journalism has changed from when I first as a, was a young kid to now where everything is happening so fast. Mm-hmm. And you've always approached your job with the ultimate respect. You know, you got a job to do mm-hmm. and you always confirm with me and people in the business and that's why you're sitting here. Mm-hmm. Share with us your dreams, your story of how you got to this position because you know, everyone's looking at the players, but look, you're right there. You're covering the NBA, and 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 I share with them how you came to get you know where you got to where you at today. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I was one of those kids you were talking about. Like I had hoop dreams. You know, I graduated. I took the let's see, nine and a half, eight and a half year college route to attaining my bachelor's degree. You know, because most of the time I was. Hopping from school to school, trying to get in the right situation, you know, to ball, to play ball. Then, you know, he had dreams of going, playing in the NBA. Then, then it was overseas from there. Then, you know, it's just, you know, I had like I I had B. I got my my I had my first child when I was twenty one, and so I was always fighting against time. That's the way I looked at it. I'm like, damn, I gotta get my life together before my daughters get of age to where they, they'll remember that we're struggling. You know, I was I was on welfare. Me and my wife is on welfare. That part, you know, I was trying to chase a dream. Trying mm-hmm. to chase a dream. And, and being re- realistic with myself, I wasn't good enough. I didn't put in the work, the necessary work. I thought I did. I thought I, I was I was a 6-2 shooting guard in college, which is, you know, it's fine for, you know, some programs, but you try to make that jump. You gotta have the handles. Right. I was always quick, quick, quick first step. I was athletic as hell, but if somebody really wanted to pressure me on the ball, you know, uh, that was that was where I was vulnerable. And my coach, I remember my Fresno Pacific University is what I played at. My coach Clark Sheehy at the time, he used to tell me, Chris, I need you to stay after practice and do ball handling drills. He wasn't playing me, and I was. I was better than the two guard that they had playing over me. I'll never forget his name, Mustafa. Put him out there. <laughs> I was better. I should have been a starter. <laughs> yeah. 
Talk but to your shit, Chris. I was, I'm talking <laughs> shit. I was better. I should have been starting. But my coach said, Chris, I'm not playing you until you work on your dribbles. Mm-hmm. So I want you to stay after practice, each practice, and work on your dribbling. And I would stay and just go through the routine. I would do like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, take off. And he'd see that, notice it. I just felt like I'm better than this dude already. Why should I have to work on my handles right. to get in there? And long story short, didn't, didn't you know? Didn't play much. Um, I ended up, you know, my wife was getting on me. He's like, "Look, man, this hoop stuff ain't working with you. You know, it got you a scholarship, but you know, it's not working for you. We're not going. You know, we're struggling. My family is struggling." So I was like, you know what, uh, let me stop and go to, you know, just go to school and just get, edu- you know, try to get a degree. So I got a degree in um, kinesiology, went to transfer to Fresno State because I was like, I can't just go to the school that I'm supposed to be playing at and just go to school. Like, it was just like an embarrassing, you know, feeling. So I'm like, I transferred to Fresno State, went there. My last year B, I'm graduating, you know, about to graduate kinesiology. I was like, I'll be a PE teacher and a basketball coach. That way I can stay in the game. And I realized, because I was coaching that year, high school, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I didn't have the patience. The kids, you know, the kids are crazy. And, you know what I mean? Like, you're dealing yeah. with the parents and all. Right. You're dealing with yeah. boosters. It's a lot. High it's, a lot. It's, man, yeah. it's way too much. And I did the math. At the end of the season, I, I, I averaged out my salary. And I was like, man, after all the hours put in from camps and practices, my hourly rate averaged out to $1.75. <laughs> I was like, this that, ain't this ain't before taxes or after taxes. How do you want to go there? <laughs> I didn't want to go. I'm like, nah, this is this is not working. So I, I stopped anyways. My last semester of college, I'm about 26 here. I took this African American writing class. Mm-hmm. That was like the one elective I had to take to graduate. And um, I realized I never knew how to write. Like I didn't know the difference between there. T H E I R between T H E Y possibly R. You know, I, I didn't know the like I, yeah. I I couldn't tell you, but I, I love telling stories, and that's what I found out in that class. And then my my, my writing teacher, he was giving me um, tips. He was like, "Hey man, you're good in this. Just do this, do that." And I found out I, I had a passion, and so I was like, "You know what? I wonder if I could translate, you know, writing about my history." Into, into sports. Mm-hmm. And so I would watch games. I would watch NBA games at the TV at the crib, and I would write game stories. Yeah, just and on your own. Just on my own. Yeah, just like just, practice. Yeah, just yeah. practice. And then I would send send them out to like Slam Online, different publications. And Slam was the one that said, you know what, you got some potential. And I'm from Fresno, California, by the way. Fresno, born and raised, never really left that city. That's, you know, and most of my friends from Fresno, you know, they either got killed, they're in jail, selling drugs or whatever. So I, I, I always knew I had to leave town at some point. But Slam hit me up and was like, you got potential? We can't pay you, but if you get to an NBA market, we can get you credentialed and you know, you can build up, a, you could build up a, your name, build right. up a portfolio. And so I was like, you know, so I'm about to graduate. So I told my wife, you know what, man, let's, We've been here this whole time, you know, shit around us ain't going right, you know, family, friends, whatever. Let's get out. So I chose Portland to go to Portland because Portland is a 12-hour 12 12-hour 12 drive from Fresno. So I was like, I want to get out of California, but I don't want to be too far away just in case 
shit goes wrong, then I got to come back. Yeah, it's like in the back of your mind, you know you can get there. Exactly, exactly. A little yeah, safety, yeah. safety net. Yeah, exactly. So I go out there to Boston. That was, you know, it had to be God given because that was, I mean, Boston, Portland. Go out to Portland. And I'm the only one in the media market that looks like myself. Yes. Would you learn that in journalism very quickly? Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It, it's gotten better, but you go to certain, certain, yeah, 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 yeah. certain cities, certain markets. You like, okay, you notice. Know right, right, where, where are my people at? You know right. what I mean? <laughs> but when I went to Portland, I couldn't get a job. I had just graduated with, with my degree in kinesiology. I couldn't find a damn job. Like I couldn't. Like I was like, you know, you people always say you grow up, get this degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everything will be. Right. I couldn't find shit. Seriously, I couldn't find that. I was going get trying to get these um these teaching jobs. Mm-hmm. Nope, didn't, I couldn't get anything. Right. The only thing that I could find be was security jobs. So during the day, I would work as a security guard for an apartment complex and a security guard at a high school. I would do that during the day. And at night, I worked for free covering the games for Slam. And so I did that for a year. And that shit was like, it, it was messing with me, man. It's like, you know, your pride is, you know, is it, you know, in a way. And I was still, it's still, I still wasn't making enough money to get off of welfare. Well, let me get this straight. So you moved from Fresno yes. to Portland. Yes. With your wife. How many kids did you have at the time? I had three kids at the time. At the time, yep. You and your wife, mother, you go there, you two security jobs, and you covering the team for free. Yeah. Okay. Home games, covering for free. Okay. And so, but. That's pushing through. Yeah, that's. No, it was, but I, I felt like, guys, I really did. Like, I had, and while I was working a security job, the Boys and Girls Club of Portland called me, mm-hmm. wanted to hire me. Um, and believe me, I wanted to get out the security job like crazy. Like I would, you know, I wanted to get out so badly. The boys and girls of Portland called me during that time, offered me the job to be their director at their location. And I went over there, interviewed, and I just saw the kids. And I come from the boys and girls club where I'm at yeah, in Fresno. Same. And so I went over there, and I just saw the kids, and you know, I was like, damn, like, you know, kids reminded me of myself when I when I was growing up. And I knew, B, like, I always felt like I was going to, my big break was coming. Mm -hmm. And I turned that job down because I didn't want to just come in and then bounce. You know what I mean? Because part of boys, like, what I remember from Boys and Girls Club, like, there wasn't much turnover in the staff. Mm -hmm. Like, the people that were there, they were there in your life for, like, five or six years. You know what I mean? And that's really important Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. kids see that. The stability. The stability. And I didn't want to come because I knew I was going to get attached to the kid. I knew the kids probably get attached to me. And I didn't didn't feel that that would be right for me to come in knowing that my mind and my heart is somewhere else. So I turned that down. And it would have paid a little bit more than I was making, would have got off of welfare. But I just felt like I didn't want to do the kids that way. But – for a year, you know, I worked for free, went to the games, and one thing about the players, you know, they automatically they notice. Like, Damn. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, like yeah, who, 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 who's this dude? Who's yep, this? And that, right. you know, that that definitely did help me. And then, you know, there was some some tension a little bit. I think, you know, some other uh, media members probably looked at that and said, you know, well, uh, the only reason they're talking to him or giving him because they were giving me gold. Like I came in on a year just causing havoc, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Going, going on radio shows and, and it's funny like people I was getting my name announced on radio and even TV if I broke a story 
And you know, people they just automatically assume, oh, that's it. he's living good. You know, his yeah, number, you know, made it. yeah, he made it. Like, yeah. I ain't getting paid shit. You know what I mean? It's good, feel good. Like my ego feeling good. You know what I yeah, yeah. mean? Like my name, yeah. but I ain't getting paid nothing. Yeah, these followers are not. Yeah, paid man, shit. It ain't yeah. nothing, man. So, but it it was a good experience. And make a long story short, I made inroads that year. Then the, the following year, after that year, Dwight James, who I owe a ton to, he's a longtime columnist in the Portland area. He was the one that reached out to me and said, "Hey." Comcast Sports Net Northwest, which is NBC Sports Northwest now, he said, we're going to open up a new position. Somebody covering the Blazers, following them full-time, road, home, away, and I'm going to recommend you. And so he was like, when well, that position is going to come up when the season starts. Okay, then what happened when that season is about to start? The lockout. So mm. now I'm on hold from this damn lockout. lockout. So this is 2011, 2012. 2011, yeah, 2012, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now I'm waiting for this damn lockout to end. <laughs> Like and I remember, like it, it was just like, it, it, it was just like like God, like I can't get out of this. Yeah, you know, there's so, always right, something. There's yeah. something. Like I couldn't get out of this security job. You know, I had the security job that I had was in this city called Molala, which is this rural country town, 45 minutes outside of Portland. And Oregon is, you know, one of the, you know, widest states in the country. <laughs> Portland is the most, uh, what is it called? How, what's the, what's the term? Portland is the most um, diverse, 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 diverse city right. in in the state. Molala is w- way opposite of that. Yeah. Way just, opposite. Just the name of it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't think I need to go yeah. to Molala. Uh-huh. I, you I know, I, to be honest, you know, I was called the N word a few times. You know, just right. going going to work in that town. Right. You know what I mean? Seeing Confederate flags, and I was like, shit, like I gotta go through this to go to work. Right. You know what I mean? Like I ain't getting paid enough to deal with this <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? And you're isolated. I mean, you're by yourself. I mean, by myself, yeah, man. I mean, like that's, that's a different but, thing. But I'll say that the the school staff was great. You know, it was just it, man, I just. That's just that's just all I could get, all I could get. You know what I mean? And then you know I you know break down here and there. You like man, got this damn college degree, can't do shit with it. Um, but you know, so the lockout ends. Uh, they offered the job to two other people, and um, they turned it down. Thankfully, used it to get raises from their their other jobs, and they offered they offered me the job for thirty thousand a year. Oh wow, thirty thousand a year. I took it. Now I remember my wife was like, "Hey, if you if they if when you she before I went to the meeting, she was like, if they offer you a number, don't take the don't take it. Come back and we'll talk." Mm-hmm. Shit, I took it right on the spot. Thirty thousand, thirty thousand, and it wasn't even no benefits. I said, That's fine. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going back to Malala, so <laughs> yeah, I take it. You try, I, I've never traveled in my life. None of that, man. You on the road? Right, I take it. I'll worry about benefits and everything later. And that's that's really how it started. Did that for a year. Um, then after that, NBC. After that year, NBC gave me like a two, three year contract. From there, I went to Cleveland, covered LeBron for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. From there, I went to ESPN, from there, Yahoo. Then, you know, that's that's how that's how I wrapped up. I didn't know that story. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, and that's kind that's of the cool I'm... part about, you know, some of the times in the media, you know, you see you on TNT, like we saw you in the sideline reporter, and you're asking questions of guys in the heat of the moment. But honestly, there's a more impressive interview right there. But I wish they'd ask you the questions. Like, Chris Haynes, how did you get here asking yeah. me these I, questions? I was Nobody always here. Now, <laughs> Yahoo. Yeah. Sideline TNT, yeah. an insider, yeah, yeah, officially. No, I remember, like, dude, I remember, man. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy that, like, I thrive off of criticism, off of um, 
you know, you know, I hold grudges. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I really do hold grudges. And it was this one executive. BJ know who I'm talking about. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say his name. But I used to always, you know, you know, when I was when I was a beat guy, I thought like I made it. Covering the Blazers, I made it. Right. I love like this is for where I come from, like I made it. I'm traveling, you know, I ain't making much money. I'm traveling. I'm on TV. You in the game. I'm you in the, in the game. You, yeah, you in the, the room. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Lo- I'm on local TV two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I made it. I had no other aspirations but that. And then, um, you know, I was noticing on my beat, like, I just felt like I wasn't getting the stories that I should be getting for covering this team. And I remember somebody told me that, you know, I'm not giving you this news, like, the company you work for, the site you work for, like, what, how is that going to help me? How is it going to help the team? Like, what does that do? And, you know, you just would see national guys come in to town and you see them get the red carpet treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still like, and I, don't know, I know fans probably don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm but trying to get... If you're a beat reporter, you're right, on, on the beat every single day. You're on the beat every single day. You're around the guys yeah. every single day. Yes, yes. And You have an editor that's yes. asking it and all of a sudden... Yeah, yeah. You yes exactly you're you, fully in it with you that don't, and you don't get the you don't get the same treatment mm-hmm. that a national national mm-hmm. that a national reporter would get yes. and I would no, see that and notice that and I, I I took offense to that you know what I mean like you know some other shit went down you know me and this particular person but I took offense to that and and I started you know thinking bigger I'm like okay all right so you think I can't do this I mean not all right. <laughs> Okay, and so I started looking. That's I started probably my second year in. I started looking elsewhere to see. Okay, I got to expand my name, and right. I started. Um, it was the same thing. Like when I was, um, you know how you you have contacts with agents that pertain to only the players that are on the beat you cover. So I was like, okay, why don't the same relationships that I have? Why don't I just ask them about? The other players on the other team. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I got yeah. that relationship already. Why am I just asking? Yeah, why are you limiting yourself? Yeah, limiting myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I started doing that. Mm-hmm. And I started reaching out to the other executives on the team. You know, right, like, right. hey, can I have some lunch with you? When I get to town, can I do this? Yeah, you do that. Yeah, of course. And so I started breaking little stories nationally in Portland. But then I would look on Twitter, and I would look at people, you know, the news would be accurate, but I'd look on Twitter, and there'd be some fans and people like, well, what is a person from Portland doing breaking Boston news? You can't believe that. You know what I mean? What is a person from Portland breaking New York, Miami news? You can't believe that. I'm like, all right, still ain't getting them respect. Okay. Still like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I still can't get it. Hey, 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 that's what I'm going. Rodney here. <laughs> I still can't get it. Put some respect on that man. You know what I mean? That shit was eating me live. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah. So I'm like, I got to get on a bigger stage. Like, yeah. I got to elevate. Mm-hmm. And so I took, and then when LeBron – Went back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. 2014. Uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. That was my first year. So when he got the job, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, like, wiped their slate clean with their staff, wanted to hire new blood. I applied for that position, and I already had a relationship with LeBron and his people because uh, – how, how did that start? Damn, how did that start? Oh, Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. Syracuse. Syracuse, 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 Syracuse yeah. Johnny Flynn. So you remember he had, he had his injuries or whatever, and so he played his last couple of games with – the Portland Trailblazers, after he got traded. Played like 20 games, and I think he was out the league right after that. But Johnny Flynn was, was uh, represented by, uh, it was CAA. But was he represented? I'm not it sure. Was, it was Rich Paul at the time. Okay. It was Rich Paul at the time, before Rich Paul 
what was else it was separating was separate yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so i built that relationship with with them mm-hmm. before he got out and did did his clutch mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. off of, you know johnny flynn yeah you know what i mean and so <laughs> and I, but long story short like i had those relationships already intact in cleveland when i went to cleveland to apply man it was like a 700 applicants for that job it was a you know job in high demand king coming home mm-hmm. to cleveland and uh I, I got the job and i was you know it was funny so i'm gonna say this so I'm gonna say I'm trying to give y'all something, so I'm gonna no, say I love this. this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say this. So when I get to Cleveland, right? So at that time, like Brian Windhorse mm-hmm. was, you know, the LeBron was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. That was Cleveland Cavaliers news. That was him. Mm-hmm. And so in in Portland, I didn't really talk to none of the media members, mm-hmm. in in except Dwight James, Kerry Eggers. That's probably about it. A long time journalist there, but the rest I really didn't have a conversation. To me. If you're not with me, you against me. You know what I mean? Like I don't know nobody. No, for, I know I don't know nobody. Like I can't, I can't fuck with you. Like that's just like you would, you do yeah, with yeah, me or against me. Like no, I'm just, yeah, that's yeah. just how I am. Like right. I came up in that era, man. Yeah. Like where I was raised, man. That's how it was. And so when I went to Cleveland, I was like, man, I'm gonna go in there and try to bust Windor's ass, man. I'm busting everybody. I ain't talking to nobody. I ain't doing nothing. Anybody get in my way, I'm going there trying to <laughs> annihilate, and that's it. And obviously, Cleveland wasn't a place I wanted to um, stay long term, but right. I knew that was a big. I'm going to cover LeBron now, right? You know what I mean? Like right. this is, you know, this is put me up there on that that pedestal. And man, when I went to Cleveland, man, Wendy was so cool. I couldn't. I couldn't hate him. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't hate him, man. LeBron like yeah. him. I couldn't hate him, man. You had to put some respect I on his name. I, I wanted to. I want, I'm not used to that shit. Like I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to hate him. I'm like, dude, don't come talking to me, asking me. You know what I mean? Don't come helping me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just like, it's like how Michael Jordan said. You know how he was. Dealing with um, Kobe and this right. when Kobe kept me like, man, I'm trying to, you know, quit being a bitch. Yeah, get away from yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's how it was. And um, it's like, I couldn't hate the dude, man. Like, wh- whatever I needed, he was there. He was at, right. you know what I mean? And, and not even just him, Jason Lloyd, who's still there in Cleveland, Joe Varden, Dave McMenamin, who's right. there at ESPN. Right. You know, I, I, I couldn't not hate him. It was just, they came from like, we can be competitive. But we can still be cool at the same time. And I didn't understand that mm-hmm. logic. Mm-hmm. When I was in Cleveland, that's what I was like, okay, I ain't got to take this personal. Mm. You know what I mean? Great lesson. I ain't got to take this personal. And when Horse won, man, when I had got to work with him when I went to ESPN, because yep. yep. I got, you know, after the, I did two years in Cleveland, right after the, the, the Cavaliers won a championship. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Came back from 3 1 deficit. ESPN came calling. Went over there. I worked over there, man. Had one of the best years of my life. Um, Win Win Horse was great, man. Just worked, man. And so it it was just, I I just learned, just learned a lot in this Mm -hmm. profession. And, uh, you know, just no, no, not, not the whole. You know, I, I learned you shouldn't hold grudges. I steal certain people. I, I still do. <laughs> but, let it go, uh, man. Let it go, uh, man. We'll you got to let it go. You got to we'll let see. it go. We'll see. I got too much to accomplish, man. Hey, we will be – we got you here. We got to talk a little basketball. All right. Who you got this year? Let's get right to it. Who's yeah, going to win the final game of the season this year? Who you got? I mean, we got a lot of – Milwaukee, we got – Lakers, we got Clippers, 
Boston, this kid Jason Tatum is woo. Yeah, nah, he, he cooking right now. He cooking for Layman Young. Man, nah, well, done right well, now. Done. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. I don't like it. Well done. Yeah, well, dude. I don't like it either. But he cooking right now in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say oh, that man. he cooking now. He, so who who you got? All right. All right. So let's start in the East. I'm gonna just say it straight out. Not gonna waste waste many words. <laughs> I don't see anybody taking down Milwaukee. If mm. there's no uh, if there's no injuries in play. If they're going in full steam ahead, feeling good, I, I don't see anybody can take them down. Like Giannis is on the mission, man. That boy is legit, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but Giannis, um, so Giannis's girlfriend, Mariah, real Springer. I don't know if I told you this, B. You know that she's my cousin. I think you did mention that to okay. me. Okay. I think you did mention that to me. She's she, a volleyball she, player. She's a volleyball player. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, from Fresno, my my hometown. Right. Yeah, she's from Fresno. Actually, her dad was my high school basketball coach Small world. yeah Man, and you know they just just had a child so uh mm-hmm. that's baby greek the freak which is my cousin my, my okay. cousin right there so i don't know why i mentioned that but you know we're talking about Giannis. <laughs> the fresno freak yeah the yeah, fresno the freak freaking. you know what i mean so uh but you know i i don't see i don't see anybody taking them down that conference boston you know the way they're playing they're you know they're, they're close but no now on the west side mm-hmm. mm, <laughs> that's when they get, yeah, that's when it's real talk. Hey, hey, Man. Hey, people hey, get upset about this conversation. Now, this hot <laughs> you better make sure now. Hey, hey. No, I, let me say this. Let me say this, man. I've covered LeBron. I've seen what that man is capable of doing. Uh, I know I'm pretty, man, I know I'm pretty well, man. Like, he's really amped up and ready to accept this challenge of people thinking that, the Clippers are just going to just bruise them up right. and take them out. But I remember one man say, I ain't going to say his name mm. because it's not Don't important. Say his name. Don't I know say it's his not name. important. But one man told me that the, the Clippers over there, you know how they like they meat, how they eat they meat? They eat it raw. <laughs> <laughs> they eat it raw over there. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't know who said that. I don't know who said that, man. Some, some wise man I spoke to, man. You know what I mean? Like they, they eat it, man. They got raw meat eaters over mm. there. They got like, bulldogs. They, they, come on, man. They man. they don't like. I'm a little like if I'm if I'm a member of Lakers or if I'm a you know a fan of Lakers, I'm a little terrified over there. Those guys and they're not there. talking either. Like they're not they talking talk. at all. It's not about you. Know, it's not about that. And those, but you know what? <laughs> The guys that the guys that don't talk are the ones that will pop you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Right, they're the craziest ones. Sil- crazy. Yeah, silence is crazy. Check this out. I got a story. I gotta say the story right quick. B, this is a podcast. I gotta say a story. We got all the time. I gotta say. All right, <laughs> check this out. Check this out. So, I'm in junior high, eighth grade, and I'm feeling myself because I'm getting tall now. Right. I'm getting tall now, and you know our our, our school was popular. It was like thirty uh, percent black, forty mm, percent white. Little bit of Asians, little bit of Asians, okay. whatever, and, and the rest mess whatever. I, percentages probably ain't right, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. So we have to take a bus to get take about a ten mile bus ride to get back home every day. So, anyways, I'm feeling myself, and usually all the black kids would go sit in the back of the bus, mm-hmm. right? The Asians would sit towards the front. Mm-hmm. But it was this one Asian girl I was trying to holler at. <laughs> Right, so I'm eighth grade, feeling myself tall, you know, getting my getting my my, my, my age is coming, you know, coming into play. So I go sit by this one Asian girl who sits in the front. No black people, no my my friends ain't up there. So I sit down, trying to talk, get get my Mac on. Then this one Asian guy comes. He say, "Hey, bro, you sitting in my seat?" 
Like what the fuck you mean? I'm sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there. Hey, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sitting. You said I'm sitting. Was that the vocabulary in the eighth grade? That was family. That was eighth grade. That was hard. Oh, I know you ain't talking. That was hard. Oh, hey. Mr. Detroit. Uh, huh? I expect that in Detroit. That was hard. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Sitting in your seat. Man, I, so I got the girl right here too. Yeah, she yeah. said, so I, I definitely yeah. got to put on a show for her. I'm like, get your ass in the back of the bus and find a seat, right? He didn't say nothing, just walked, walked away, <laughs> went and see. I'm not even thinking about it. So on the bus ride, we gotta make like three different stops. He happens, you know, he gets off of my stop. But again, I'm not thinking about him. I'm worried about this you know, chick trying to get my Mac on. <laughs> so I get off the bus, I'm walking the chick home. And so I'm walking, and you know, the Asian, little, little Asian dude, little, little Asian dude, like real small. But anyways, I'm walking with the Asian chick. Like I said, I forgot all about what happened <laughs> on that bus. I'm walking, and then boom, a foot right in the back of my head. Boom, knocked me over. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm, a I'm foot. Not, a foot, a foot, <laughs> I just a foot right in the back of my head. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm you like, can't hold on. People off I'm like, hold on, what? Like, I didn't know what happened. All I knew, I didn't look back yet, so I didn't know what happened. But all I knew is once I turned around, yes. I was going off on any and everybody, right? So I was like, who the fuck did this to me? I'm t so I turned around. I saw the Asian guy about to go tear his ass up. But right behind them, three feet away, is 15 of them mm. standing side by side, mm -hmm. waiting. Like Dragon Ball Z. Just waiting to make a move. <laughs> so I looked at them, assessed the situation, <laughs> Got turned around, walked away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that girl went one direction, yeah. I went the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't mess with so people that kick you first. Yeah, first That's the rule. In the head. It was a little dude. Little, I'm, I'm about 5'10 at that time. This dude about five, he's about five two. <laughs> kick me in the head, jump kick me in the head. So my point in bringing that story up, the side it was, are the ones you don't want to mess with. Exactly. Cause that dude, I told that dude, yeah. shut your ass up, get in the back of the bus. He didn't say nothing. He wouldn't got back in the bus. That's Kawhi, Kawhi just wouldn't get in the back of the bus. <laughs> kick me in the back of the head, man. <laughs> Hey, I didn't know where that story was going. <laughs> but at the eighth grade, hey, man, and he said he assessed the situation. Hey, I, said, I had yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, to. Yeah. And that come like, like I said, before I turned around, when he hit me in the back of my head, first of all, I'm embarrassed. He did right. it for his girl. It's like Chris Tucker in Rush Hour. <laughs> yeah, he was. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which one are you, buddy? <laughs> Which one are you, you tell? <laughs> Which one are you, Jun Tao? <laughs> Real talk, real talk. I had that moment before Chris Tucker. I had that moment. He probably stole it from me. He probably was there. I don't know. I swear to God. I swear to God. So the silent ones. Yes. Yeah, so so ones, watch out for the Clippers. That's that's right, no, that's, that's the lesson. My point. Yeah, that's the, the lesson. The Clippers will kick you in the back of the head. Yes. Yes. And they got 15 dudes. They're 15 deep. 15 deep. Eat raw meat. Don't mess with them, man. That's my point. I don't, you know, if that makes any sense. So take that. The Clippers. Take the Clippers yeah. out of the way. Man. man, that was great. That was great. We uh we appreciate you coming on, Chris. Uh, these stories are amazing. Your story is amazing. Oh, I'm I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. So I appreciate good, that. Man. We'll, we got we got to do this again. For yeah, sure. for sure. We'll keep uh, we'll keep watching you on TNT. We'll keep up. Uh, and with please, the so yeah, where can we find you? Yeah. Plug your podcast. Plug everything. Please, know. please. You know, I, I try to bring you know some of the biggest stars and and some of the the biggest personalities out there and 
to my uh, to my podcast, posted up with Chris Haynes, yes. um, Yahoo Sports yep. Podcast, and you know I do all my work and you know, I try to you know be up to date on the news you know as best I can, but I also try to you know just give you behind the scenes looks on some of your your favorite players and you know I try to you know I I have a certain style that you know I I believe that my reputation in this league is that you know I, I feel like players trust me and you know. Right. You know, give give me content that they probably wouldn't give um, to anybody else, and so I, I try to use that to tell these players stories, and uh, you know, do it to the best of my ability. So please check it out. Yeah, and please read because uh, the the story that you did on Zion recently was a great story. Oh, thank and, you. And I you appreciate do a great that. job being able to take a real story and make and humanize these players and tell the real stories. That yeah, that's important. That's yep. important. I, I think, um, and that I know we I know we cutting off, but I remember right. one thing when I first started uh, that first year, I was working for free. Yeah. I would just notice and observe reporters how they would just, as soon as a player walks in the locker room, they would just quickly just throw a mic in their face, start <laughs> asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I would see the players reluctant to talk to them. Or every time they would look at a reporter, they were like, oh shit, here, here we go again. They, they weren't being humanized. Mm-hmm. You know what right, I mean? Like right. these players, they, they play, they're going through shit too. Like yeah. they got families, they got little this things. This game. This game. Right. And so what I would do, like I would, you know, I would stop putting the mic in here. I'm talking like, how your family? How mm-hmm. your wife? How the mm-hmm. kids? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you, you build that rapport, that relationship. So it's not always when I'm coming to you, I'm asking, asking, asking for something. But now when I do need something, they're much more forthcoming mm-hmm. with giving you something because they know this, this shit is beyond just a little working relationship. Yeah, you actually care about who I am. Yeah, right? you know what I mean? And yeah. that's when I talk about humanizing somebody, t- to your point. Absolutely. Well, we, we just appreciate make it, sure. We Make sure we see my man on Yahoo. Make sure we see my man yeah. on the sidelines, TNT. The sharpest. He's the sharpest sideline reporter. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I mean, you know, his drip, drip. I'm look trying. at his face. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying. My brother trying, sure follow him on Twitter. And yes, I want you to know, man, much respect here. Nah, bro. You're a huge... You know, you, we are huge fans of yours, family to us. Uh, and thanks yeah. again for coming on our podcast and sharing those stories. And uh, I was watching B, man, as a kid, man, growing up. B, B, it seemed like I would never, you know, now that I go back and I look at some old film, but it right. seemed like I never saw BJ not standing in that corner. You know what I mean? It's like that was his spot. See, like yeah, it was, yeah, you yeah. was walking. I was standing, trying to get out of the way because I didn't want nobody to hit me in the back of my head. And last thing before we came over here, uh-huh. well, I want to make sure to all of our listeners Uh-oh. that now this man has taken the R out of free. That's right, man. That's hey, right. Hey, I, I learned now that. Now this somebody. man want to feed. I learned. I want to feed. I work for free. Yeah, I know yeah, how that yeah, feel. Yeah, I ain't trying to do invoices that. Invoices and feeds. Invoices and feeds, man. No, I appreciate y'all for having me on. Absolutely. Bro.